In today's show, we recap Sunday's action in the NBA. There were seven games on. We've got an update on Anthony Davis. Well, a half update. Anyway, we'll talk about that. All the news, everything we need to know, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Substack, JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PricePicks.com. The promo code's Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got seven games on. We're going to look at one of your trades. We're going to talk about. Um, I've got a question. Interesting question. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and yeah, we might as well just crack straight in. Don't know what I'm. Uh, don't know what I'm waiting for. So, morning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. I've talked about this already, but we'll do it again, just in case you didn't catch the waiver wire show or the what to watch for show. Anthony Davis is out. I don't know what with. It's a foot injury. They haven't told us what it is. It feels bad. I know that. Multiple weeks, at least a month, out indefinitely. These are the things that we heard progressing along from Woj and Shams. And then second opinion or another opinion from a doctor still evaluating him. It happened two days ago, this injury. We still don't know what it is or what the actual problem, like what's going on. That is worrisome, really worrisome. For that reason, I would not try to acquire Anthony Davis unless I'm only giving up a top 90 player. Giving up a top 50 guy to get him back, I really fear. I have, I really worry there's something more serious here. We're going to talk more about the Lakers game later on. So we'll talk about Davis's replacements in that game. But Bryant is the guy, the guy who started for him today. But we'll talk about the impact of Reeves and other centers and all that sort of stuff. We'll talk about that in the Lakers game later today. For Atlanta, since I did the What to Watch For show, a couple of things changed. DeJounte Murray is questionable for tomorrow. And we thought John Collins would be questionable, and he is, in fact, questionable for tomorrow. That is going to have an impact on Jalen Johnson. It's going to have an impact on Adrian Griffin Jr. It's probably going to have some of an impact on Bogdan Bogdanovich. Obviously, Trent Forrest, the Holidays, all those sort of guys. So that could happen there. Collins Sexton's out again for the Jazz. They had a great schedule Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Maybe he's able to return, return Tuesday for streaming, but there's at least a little bit of value there for Alexander Walker. Gideon Shea are out again for OKC, same with Darius Baisley. So Isaiah Joe jumps into streaming situations. I think the Bronco, um, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Who sucked last game, but there is this opportunity here for him. Um, it's Eugene Omarui in deeper leagues you could take a crack at, and we're back on the Poku train. With those guys out, he's at least going to you know, stumble over his dick into some sort of value. Surely, maybe, hopefully, we hope so. I don't know. We'll see. There's just too many guys out for almost not for it not to happen. Gaz Trent in Toronto. We'll talk more about Toronto later. Things aren't good. But Trent looks like he'll be out all week with thigh issues. Um, that's opening up opportunities. Malachi Flynn, big minutes last two games. You know how I've banged on and on and on about this team. They've got no one who can shoot, no guards, no shooters, no passers, no dribblers. Yet they've, well, maybe there's a few dribblers, but they haven't played Flynn all year. And Nurse finally went, ah, maybe we'll try it. 
He he is absolutely one to watch. The Raptors in general are one to watch, though. Chris Middleton's out again tomorrow. That is really worrying. Came back from wrist surgery, struggled, hurt his ankle, struggled. Now has knee soreness, missed two straight, not back-to-backs. <sighs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a real worry. I don't know what you do with it, honestly. Like, you're not trading him away because you're getting nothing back. It's, it's a worry. Hopefully, it's not a long-term thing here. Michael Porter Jr. looks like seven to 10 days for um, him to return. So the Bruce Brown value keeps going. The Bones Highland value keeps going. And then we'll adjust in seven to 10 days when Maga Porter does eventually return. But we are not there yet, quite obviously. I saw this on... Uh, Kenny Beecham's YouTube channel. Now, Kenny, on his channel, was uh, his Kenny2 channel, said, hey, I stole this from someone. So, you know what, Kenny? I'm stealing this from you as well. I really like this idea. So I'm going to chuck these questions in occasionally. Um, so shout out to you, Kenny. You, you're, your quiz stuff is awesome, if you're watching, which you probably aren't. But um, yeah, I saw this video from him yesterday. So I'm stealing it. Kenny, thank you. Thank you for the idea. And we're going to run it on here as well. But it's not going to be me answering it. I'm going to throw it out for you to answer this question. All right. So let's look at it. Write this in the comments below your answer. So, it is, I'll give you three things. The college that the player went to, the team they were drafted by, and the team that they last played for. So for this one, I won't tell you what that college is. You can figure what that college is. The NBA logo should figure it out. So he went to that college. He was drafted by the Clippers, and the last team that he played a game for was the Clippers. Okay? So... Who is that player? I want you to drop it down below in the comments if you know who that player is. That would be, um, yeah, be good. Let me know. Who do you think that player is? I think you'll get it, but let me know who you think that player is. Let's go to trade time now. Johnny Paper, 10 on Twitter, submitted this trade. And I think while it is an interesting one, right, this is a trade that happened for him. I think think he said it was a week ago. But it's really, really highlighting the ability to take advantage of people who are in desperate straits in, in a league or misevaluate players. Because this trade was Bobby Porter's for Tyrese Maxey. And I highlight this not because I don't think there's one person who is watching this, apart from maybe the guy who was on the other side of this trade, that would say, yeah, I want Portis over Maxey. But there are certain things that would lead people to believe that it is an even trade or that it is a close trade. And you have to be able to f- navigate through and find a way to get it done. Right? To, these are the trades. These are the buy lows. These are the sell highs. Maxi's out. Like Glenn Rivers thinks he'll be back at some point. Maybe a few, few weeks. Still a few weeks. Like, Woj thinks it'll be on this weekend for Christmas. But you know, we need to we need to understand the way that valuations occur. Right? That is it's super important. For example, you look on like Yahoo. It says Maxi is ranked 71st and Portis is ranked 92nd. Okay? So that means that it's not really that far, is it? And I'm pretty sure if I look at default rankings on Yahoo, which a lot of, oh, yeah, the default rankings, Maxi's ranked 193rd. And this is what I think mostly comes up for most people. Portis is ranked, let's go again, 66th. So it seems massively in favor of Portis. 66 versus 193rd. But that's not real. That's not reality. That's total value, which is how Yahoo defaults their rankings. 
and people get confused by it. So when I talk about rankings and the understanding of what they entail or why they're like that or what you're actually reading, that's why. Because this is it is very clear that I want Tyrese Maxey here. And it's not just the numbers. Like They are different players, obviously. But Porter's benefited from the absence of Chris Middleton to start the season, in and out absences of Drew Holiday, and the fact that Maxey is now injured, to put that big of a gap between the two. Whereas the lines of these guys' values are going to intersect real quickly. Portis is going to dip, Maxi going to rise real quick. But these are the sort of things that can be done. Now, you might be out here telling me this is a taco league, and maybe it is. I don't know, right? But it still can happen because people get confused. There are new people to fantasy all the time. There are people who abide by rankings. I saw a post today on Reddit talking about how, man, Santi Aldama, he's been great. Yahoo's got him ranked 69th all season. I think he's going to be able to keep that up. Like, what are you talking about? But someone thought enough about that. And shout out, if that person here is watching my show, I doubt they are, considering I've been saying, drop Santiago Dharma for about five weeks. There is someone out there who's looking at that and going, whoa, yeah, look at him. He's been great. 69th? Yeah, man, he can probably be 70th as we move forward. Right? And they look at that and don't understand how we get to those numbers, the context behind you, get how you get to those numbers. And that is what your job is in a buy low, sell high. You take on some short-term risk. You trade for Tyrese Maxi a week ago, you get nothing. You get zeros for weeks. But that is such a clear long-term win that you, that you have to do it. I, I, is there anyone, is there anyone who looks at that trade and goes, no, no, actually, I'd probably want the Bobby Porter side of it. Is there anyone who thinks that? I, I really, really doubt it. But I guess... You never know. Let me know. You let me know. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by PriceFix. PriceFix is daily fantasy, but not like your traditional daily fantasy. It is daily fantasy made easy. You just go in with player projections. Bobby Portis over under six and a half rebounds. I'll take the over. You can do up to two to six individual player projections into one lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. You can win that entry fee back in over 30 US states. You can win it back in Canada. And you can put those entries in in under 60 seconds. It's so simple. It's so straightforward. It's not like you going up against thousands of different people. It's just you versus the player projections. So go do that. But don't just do it for the NBA. Do it for NFL. Do it for NHL. Do it for college basketball, college football, European basketball, cricket, soccer, um, MMA, boxing, Disc golf, of course, disc golf, of course we do disc golf. Download the PriceFix app or go to pricefix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PriceFix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PriceFix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. There they are, it's true. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasional budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. I'm glad that Turo is here now because when I'm looking to get a new car, maybe I'll just see Turo and just have a look at the car that I'm looking for, see if it's there, which I'm sure it will be because they've got a huge range. Grab it because the host can drop it straight at my house if I want it. Whether it's an electric vehicle, I'm looking to see how it fits into my everyday life, whether I'm looking for a luxury car, for a special event, a birthday, a holiday, or just something economy-wise to get from A to B. Just get me to the shops, get me back. Turo has all that stuff. And those Turo hosts can even deliver it right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your ride at, or find your drive, sorry, at Turo.com. 
that'll take us. We're not doing the waiver wire ads and drops today. We did that on the waiver wire show earlier today. Let's go to the games. It is your Orlando Magic. They win again. That makes it just a casual six straight for the Orlando Magic. Only six in a row. Wow, what are they slacking for? They are interesting. 95-92. Two in a row against the formerly best team in the East, the Boston Celtics. 95-92, the final score. Paolo Banquero, 34 minutes and 31 points with six threes, two steals, six rebounds. He's top 30 over the last week. The percentages still can be iffy, but we're getting big scoring, big volume. He's hitting his threes at a phenomenal rate at the moment. That is going to cool off. So there's a little bit of sell high here on Paolo, but it's been really impressive. They're still without Carter, Suggs, Isaac, KK, and Harris. Five probable rotation pieces. And that brings me to the next one. Bol Bol. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 0 threes, 0 assists, 0 steals, 0 blocks. Bol is the 141st ranked player over the last week. Bol has played under 20 minutes or under in each of the last two games. And I do not believe it's getting better. Yes, he might play 24 or 25 in some games, but Carter Suggs, Isaac, and KK Harris are all going to come back and are all going to play. Bowl still is dis- disturbingly bad on defense. And I'm, he does some interesting flashy stuff for sure. 11 and 8 in 20 minutes is really good. But is he a guy that is going to demand 26 a night? I highly, highly doubt it. And that is why for weeks I have been banging on about trying to get a sell high on Bowl Bowl. I don't know if it will remain this bad, but it easily could. Easily. He's getting 20 minutes now before these guys return. Again, that is on the low side, and I think you can get more, but there's no guarantee. Because there are guys that are playing better than him. Not the best night from Wagner, but 11-6, and six, three assists, two steals, shot only 25%. But he's just been solidly good. He's clearly ahead of Mo Bumba at this point. There'll be games when he isn't, but he clearly is. And he is a 12-team league guy until Carter returns. And Fultz is clearly ahead of Cole Anthony. 30 minutes, 8 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. Now, he's going to have these iffy nights, 30% shooting. But defensively, he, how was him giving up that, that steal on the inbound at the end to Al Horford and horrendous play, but then getting the steal back on the next Celtics inbound? He has been really a steadying presence. I'm not saying he's the reason they've won 6 straight, but I'm also not not saying that. Because having a real point guard out there who defends and sets up others is so key. I don't know if he'll play 30 a night. It might be 29 a night, 28 a night. But he is what they need at point guard. He is their point guard. He's not warming the seat for Cole Anthony. I don't even think he's warming it for Jalen Suggs, to be honest. I think Bowles warming that seat. Fultz is a 12-team league guy, but a back-end guy who's going to be up and down. Wagner struggled, Franz, that is. 12, 5, and 3. Just 33% shooting and only one free throw. A little bit of a downstretch here for France. I think he'll be better than that. While Terrence Ross didn't do much in his time. While Admiral, Sch- Admiral Schofield, good game from the Admiral. 13 points with three threes on 71% in 17 minutes. He's not going to play those minutes most nights. Really good. The Celtics were without Jason Tatum out for personal reasons. So they did go back and start Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. He had eight points on 14% shooting with four assists and a steal. The four assists and a steal, solid enough. But let me rephrase, or not rephrase, let me restate again. He is not going to be a 12-team league guy as we move forward. He just isn't. He's not now. He's the 133rd ranked player, and Rob Williams hasn't played. Well, he's played two games. No need. Brogdon, I think still, this. it's not the easiest thing to do a sell high after he goes 12-6-1 in 31 minutes, but he's still shooting like 47% from three, and it is not going to stick. 
He is going to lose playing time. He is going to have cold streaks with shooting. It is going to happen. And he will lose value. He's still only 109th this season, 130th in points leagues. Do not wrap yourself around Brogdon and go, I've got to have him all year. Fine, have him now. Be prepared for it to get worse. Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. Really did a good job. Filling it up right across the board. 24 and 14, two threes, three steals, two blocks. Did his fair bit of bitching and moaning about getting called for travels too much. Maybe just don't travel, I guess. Um, only the two, the two assists is a bit iffy. 40% from the field is not great, but he's been good. And it was 31 minutes for Marcus Smart, 15, 7, and 7. Rob Williams, we're still not getting the big minutes. Of course, it's only two games back, but 18 minutes, 6 and 5, two blocks. He is going to come. That's what she said. He is going to fire up. He is going to play more. He is going to be must roster. He clearly already is. Well, Grant Williams had a better game, 14, 6, and 3. But 36 from the field is yuck. 71 from the line is yuck. The only thing keeping him as a 12-team league guy this season had been otherworldly percentages and no turnovers. And when the otherworldly percentages go away, why do you care? You don't. He's not a 12-team league guy. This is what I'm trying to say. Not a good night from Al Horford. The amount of people I've had say, hey, do I drop Al Horford? Well, the fact that everyone wants to drop him, A, if you drop him, do it. Go ahead. Don't ask me anymore. Just do it. Don't drop him, though. Please don't. I beg. When I say just do it, like if you are so convinced that you're going to drop Al Horford, just do it. I, I do not believe you should drop him pretty clearly. But if everyone's going to ask me, should I drop him? Then go to those people and either grab him off the wire or see if there's a buy low in effect because there clearly is. He is better than this. He's still top 90 this season. I get it. The back-to-backs are painfully annoying, but this is not a top 130 guy who's missing back-to-backs. This is a top 100 player. And I think you deal with it. So go and add him if he is available or dropped or if you can get him at a cheaper price in a deal. Today's episode is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. We know ExpressVPN is there to help you protect your privacy and security online, but what else can it do? Lots of stuff. It can help you access libraries of other media that you wouldn't see normally. You're stuck there in the US and you've got your um, Netflix that you've run through and there's nothing else for you to see. So why don't you check out what's in the UK? Parks and Rec is on Netflix in the UK. And, you know, the fact that it's not on the... I don't know. Do these guys like sound drops in their ads? I don't know. The fact that Parks and Rec is not on the US Netflix is... The So, you can go in, change your country, make yourself plod straight in the middle of London, and there you go. You've got access to Parks and Rec on Netflix. But it's not just Netflix, it's Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There's so many VPNs out there, so you should choose ExpressVPN because it's fast. It's bloody fast. You get in there, there's no lag, there's no buffering, and you can stream in HD. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on. ExpressVPN.com slash locked on to learn more. Second game. Your New York, New, York, New, York, New York Knickerbockers, they survive against the Pacers. They were down. They get the win, 109-106. They're on the seven-game win streak, I believe. Longest win streak currently in the, uh, in the NBA. And it was just more of the same for the Knicks. The burner had 30 points. Jalen Brunson, only two assists, but he had two steals. He shot 50%. and continues to play really, really well. Mitch Robinson. Played 32 minutes. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. And he just was Mitch Robinson. 13 rebounds, 4 blocks, 80% shooting, and 50 from the line. That's what he does. He's a must-roster player. The double royal, Julius Randle. Twenty-five and fourteen with subpar percentages. What more do you want? Well, Rowan Barrett had twenty-four as well. One of the weirdest lines I've seen from him. He didn't hurt your field goals or your free throws. 
He just didn't do anything. He had 24 points with zero threes, zero assists, zero steals. I don't know how that's possible. Had four rebounds, but shot 53 and 80 from the field and from the line. Another weird game. He has been much better. He has been top 100 over the last week. He is closing in on top 150 for the season, which for him is a markedly big improvement. He's playing better. Um, Quentin Grimes. This is the thing with Quentin Grimes, right? Quentin Grimes has been consistently solid, but consistently solid in very different areas. Some days he gets 20 points on 60% shooting. Some days, like today, he gets it done by having two steals and two blocks. But it's still there, the value. It's just all over the place. The one thing that is consistent is he never gets usage. So as I said, when he never gets usage and the shot doesn't go in, one of three shooting, then you end up with six points. But he was able to, to balance that out by getting defensive stats. The problem you're going to have is on a game where he has 10 usage and has five points and no defensive stats. And you go, oh, that's bad. I think he is a rosterable guy for now but we do want to watch it. Quickly continues to be the most hair-pulling, outering player I've ever seen. Rotations, minutes, productions, all over the shop. 5-1-2 and two for him, and he continues to smell quite bad in terms of fantasy value. For the Pacers, how about big bloody Aaron Neesmith? Went back into the starting line, replacing Jalen Smith. Played 31 minutes, had 23-10 and 10 with four threes. But before you get your little finger and start clicking buttons to add him, they play two games next week. He's not a 75% shooter, so don't get excited. Bring that desk right back down using your hands this time. Two games this week. Do not burn an ad on Aaron Neesmith. Is he this good? Of course he is, and this is the best game he's ever played in his life. No one is this good. Can he be a 14-team league option? Yeah, maybe, but it's two games. It's not worth it for this week. Halliburton had 15-1-10, subpar shooting. He's been a little bit down, 47th over the last week. We want that to improve. While Budrick had 23 points. And then the centers, Miles Turner stunk. Six points on 20% is gross, and he missed all four of his free throws. Woof. He had a block. While um, Nempard had 27 minutes for old Andy. Jack, what do you think? Get that garbage out of here! 4-2-1, right? He put up a couple of numbers before Halliburton got hurt. He blew up when Halliburton got injured, and we said, let's see what happens. All right, let him cook. Let's see. And then Halliburton came back. It dropped way off. So you drop him off. See you later. Add him back if Halliburton gets hurt. Sticks played 11 minutes. Stand by your man. I will not stand by him, Stephen Kernahan. Jalen Smith, nine points in 11 minutes. He's actually bad. He should lose his rotation spot entirely. Um, see you later, my guy. Bye. Do not hold him. What are you doing? Don't. Isaiah Jackson played some minutes here. 15 minutes, two and eight. Uh, I'm just out on him at the moment as well. And Ben Matherin did the old Ben Matherin. 15 points, didn't hit a three, didn't have an assist, didn't have a steal, shot 25% from the field, which is disgusting, but was seven of seven from the line. It's really hard to consider him must roster in 12 team categories. There is still stash ability there, but it's not like he hasn't been given opportunities. He's had it all year. We just haven't seen anything resembling a well-rounded fantasy game at all from Matherin. If you need the points, it's, it's there. If you need a free throw percentage boost, that's great. Everything else, doesn't really exist for him in a fantasy world. Um, the next game, the Golden State Warriors and Toronto Raptors. Everyone is getting on the Raptors up. This, I was ahead of the curve. I told you that was shit before. I didn't tell you that was shit. But I did tell you that they, there are some massive structural problems here with this team a few days ago at least. Um, and everyone said, wait, do they blow it up? They're struggling. I think they're 13th and four games below 500. The Losing to the Warriors without Steph on the road is a red flag. 126 Golden State, 110 Toronto. Do I hate the Raptors? Of course I don't. Although I know Toronto fans think I do, so I might as well sink the boot in. 
I'm not going to sink the boot in. This is a hard time for Toronto. They Something needs to happen, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I heard an unspeakable thing about the Raptors, but I'll speak it. And the thing was, I wouldn't be shocked if Nick Nurse is fired tomorrow. And I said, what are you talking about? There is no way. And they went, yeah, maybe. And I went, oh, surely not. But that is where it's at, which is crazy to me. They weren't advocating for his firing, but they're like, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Ah, yikes. Let's talk Warriors. You're not going to be shocked when Jordan Poole plays 35 minutes, has 43 and six with five threes in a game that Steph Curry doesn't play. He triple whammied it. More minutes, more usage, and better shooting. 61%, including 91 from the line. Sensational stuff. He is going to be on a three-week, four-week heater. I reckon after Christmas, if you can sell him for a top 50 guy, you do it. You dick yourself for three weeks, and then you gain the value later on. Draymond Green, eh, don't get 17 points from Draymond too often. 17, 9, and 5, or Clay had 17, 7, and 4. And we've got big minutes from Kevon Looney again. 28 minutes, 11 and 11. I do not believe that he's a 12-team league player. The minutes and the production fluctuate so much. But that was that's really strong, quite obviously. Top 100 over the last week. The big ragu. Assists, great. Six of them. Steals, great. Two of them. Points, five. No, thank you. Wiggins is still out. That is going to keep DiVincenzo a 12-team league must. And he is a must. He's a must-have, a must-hold, a must-roster. But then when Wiggins comes back, we'll reassess it. Because if he goes and plays 24 minutes a night when Wiggins is in, then you piss him straight off. The other guy you can piss off is John Kaminga, who played five minutes for two points. DiVincenzo is clearly the guy for 12 teams. Um, Kaminga had the opportunity here with Wiggins out and, and didn't do anything. So, yeah, I don't think we need to worry. We also had 15 and 7 from Jermichael Green, but I honestly couldn't care less about that. And uh, Jim Wiseman played garbage time. For the Raptors, yes, they're without Ananobi, Gaz Trent, Achua, and Porter. Key, key pieces for sure. Van Vliet had 22-4-8, shooting. He just, he's just not himself, though. In saying that, he's the fifth-ranked player over the last week, so that buy low would have worked well. Siakam, 27-5-6, solid, but he's not himself either. Scotland Barnes, 17-5-3 on 44%, like just a mid-game. It's totally mid. It's okay, but it's mid. And that's they're the big names. And then it's just a bunch of shit, really. I've told you I criticize this team. Where's your center? Where's the guys who can shoot and dribble? Because that's the, that's the problem. Malachi Flynn played 37 minutes. Hallelujah. We're trying out to see if he's good. I think he can be good. Or at least solid. 37 minutes, 16 and 6 with four threes on 38% shooting. That's not great efficiency. But it's good volume. It's good minutes. Coloco is absolutely not up to it at this point, I don't think. And I'm not sure how much he's going to play. They started Flynn over Coloco in the second half. If Trent is going to be out rest of week, which I assume, it's not the worst decision to have a crack at Flynn and see what happens. Especially in like a 16-teamer, I would add him. Boucher had 11 and 14 in 25 minutes. Remember all the times, and I think that gets stuck in our head a little bit here with someone like Boucher about him being this you know, permanent monster. He isn't. He used to be. He is not a permanent monster anymore. The shooting percentages are down. The block rate's been cut in half. He is not a permanent monster anymore. That is not him. Be aware of that. So if we are, our automatic assumption is everything's going to blow up for him when guys get hurt, and they, they do improve, he is not a permanent monster anymore. Thad Young played 17 minutes. Juancho Hernan Gomez went from 41 to 23. He had three points. Like These are not 12-team options. They're not answers to any question, unless the question is, how can I put bad players in my lineup? That's it. I don't know what the Raptors do. 
Do they blow it up? I highly doubt it. But Masai Ujiri's got huge balls. He would have no problem doing that. Although he was too scared to trade Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant, which in hindsight doesn't look great. I don't know. Raptors fans who are adamant of not trading Barnes for Durant, would you do it now? Um, I don't know what he does. Like Van Vliet and Siakam are their best players. They're they're 30 around that mark. I don't know where I don't know what they do. Their roster is weirdly constructed. It's missing a bunch of guys, and they they need to be better. I think it's really that simple. Yeah, the next game. Brooklyn. Beat the Nets 124-121. Final score. Durant, speaking of, 43-6 and six with three threes and two blocks, 64%. He has been ludicrously good. Unbelievably good. Kyrie, 38-6 and six with five threes. Just carrying hard, these two. No other player had more than six free field goal attempts. What? That's it. That's pretty crazy. We only got 26 Nick Claxton minutes, and you might think that's because Ben Simmons played. Well, not really, because Simmons played 25 minutes. So they didn't hamper each other. They sort of... Hampered themselves. 26 for Claxton, 7 and 2 with 3 blocks. 25 for Simmons, 4, 8, and 8. Now, those lines aren't dreadful. But normally, it's like Claxton plays big, Simmons drops down. Simmons plays big, Claxton, Claxton drops down. In fact, in this game, it was different. It was those two limited while Yuta Watanabe played 26 minutes. Now, Yuta had been great. He also only shot 25% in this game. But he had two blocks. He had three rebounds. Yuta is making any hope of a TJ Warren breakout Null and void, not that I would thought it was going to happen. But Uter is pushing Warren played nine minutes. Seth Curry played nine minutes. These guys aren't needed to play those roles that they have in the past. And if you are holding on to Tony Warren or Seth Curry or Joe Harris in 12-team leagues, I don't know that you have to. Now, this will be controversial. I don't think you need to hold Royce O'Neal. Get that garbage out of here! He's outside the top 110 for the season. He's 235th over the last week. Minutes are coming down, which is what we talked about a lot. He was playing 38 and 9. Go, Jesus Christ, why is he playing so much? What's going to happen when Seth comes back and when Harris is there and when Warren's there? Will he play those minutes? And I guess the answer is no. But then I look at his numbers and go, no way. There's no way he continues to shoot 36% from two. That is, seems impossible. Yet every game, he, he seems to be that bad. And now the assists are falling away, which is what was really buoying him. Why am I trying to pronounce it with an American accent? It's buoying him up. Like, it just... Where's the excitement? Where's the upside upside in Royce O'Neal? Like, would you rather have Royce or take a crack at Tom Bryant? I know what I'd rather do. I'd rather just take the short-term flyer to give me maybe top 70 value rather than whatever this is that O'Neal's providing. I could be easily proven wrong on this and you might... I just... I'm biased because I'd seen Royce O'Neal do nothing for four years in Utah. And he came over to Brooklyn and all of a sudden he was dishing six assists a game. And I'm going, what, what is this? Why are they playing 39 minutes a night of Royce O'Neal? Why is he dishing seven assists? What is happening in this world? And now we're getting back to, oh yeah, this is the Royce O'Neal that does nothing. So I'm a bit biased in that respect. But you've got to at least consider it. For the old Pistons, Dwayne Casey loved telling us, man, the starting line, man, we're going to have to make a change. We're going to have to make a change. And the change was doing nothing. So I guess that's a change. I don't know. Bogdanovich played 31 minutes, 26 points for him. He continues to be excellent. You worry a little bit about him getting traded, but I don't know. Any logical thing that you would think an NBA team would do, the Pistons tend to do the opposite. So it is hard to get a handle on what they're trying to achieve. Jalen Duran, 29 minutes, only eight points. That's not his game. 11 rebounds is double-digit boards. Andre Drummond type. That's it. Three steals, no blocks. 12-team league guy. 
Marvin Bagley, nine, 10 minutes, 12 and four, one block. It's always a hilarious thing browsing the Yahoo player comments on Marvin Bagley. It's always hilarious. This coach is a bum. Bagley's a permanent monster. Got to give him minutes. Like, has anybody watched him play? This is Marvin Bagley's role. A Ennis Cantor-like high usage center that plays off the bench and once again gets cooked as a minus 16 in his bench minutes. Him starting was ridiculous. Him getting paid that contract was ridiculous. He is a backup big man at best and you do not need him on a 12-team roster. Killian Hayes, 10-5-8 and eight with two steals. Shot rough. We know that. That's going to be a problem, but okay numbers. Well, Jaden Ivey looked a bit better. 19 points. That's good. 28 minutes. Not good. That He hurt his back at the end. He said he's fine. Fallon said he's okay. But what else, man? Four rebounds, one assist, one steal, zero blocks. He shot well from the field, not from the line. 64% and 67 from the line. Still a points league must roster category? I don't think so. But what is really interesting, and I'm not calling this, I don't want to call this guy out because he put his opinion out there in, in public and he commented one of my videos and his name was Alex and I appreciate the discussion because this is really important when understanding player evaluations. I'm not going to be riding everybody, neither are you. Neither is anybody in anywhere. But sometimes you watch a player or you look at their numbers and you see something and then someone sees something completely different. Like someone told me, this Alex guy said, no, nah, man, Jaden Ivey, you're wrong. He's going to fire up. He is an absolute true point guard, elite basketball IQ. He's going to be like Tyrese Halliburton, but faster. And I look at him and go, I don't see anything similar between these two players at all. Like not even remotely close. But the fact that somebody sees it, they go Halliburton, but better, means that when you are making trades, like evaluations of players are not static and they're not uniform. It's all over the place. Now, the vast majority of people may disagree of Ivy being Halliburton. Some might think I see Ivy is better. I don't know. But it's just an illustration of, I saw that and I went, what, are you, what's, what, am I, what am I looking at? What have I been watching with Jaden Ivey? Am I completely off on this? But there's so many differences of opinions of things out there that that is how your trades and different evaluations of things work. I still don't believe that Jaden Ivey is a 12-team league guy this season, irrespective of the Tyrus Halliburton comp. Um, depressed Penis had 10 points in 19 minutes. He contributed nothing. One rebound, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. You can jack him. Maybe it won't be so depressed anymore. Let's go to the next game. It is the Chicago Bulls against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I almost swore this team is so embarrassing. They hate each other. They hate the coach. Maybe that's an overstatement, but every comment coming out, we don't compete. We don't play for each other. You know what that means? You hate each other. Simple as that. Why you hate each other? I don't know, nor do I care. It's not my problem, not my point to find out, but they hate each other. Their sixth seed last season was fraudulent. Hey, maybe Lonzo Ball is the MVP. He was the only team guy keeping this team looking any good. They are horrific. Horrific. They lose to the Timberwolves 150 to 126. Vooch, not a bad game. 23, 9, and 5, two steals and a block. Lucky they traded Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner for him. 67% shooting, didn't draw a free throw. He's been very up and down this season, but overall, solid enough. DeRozan, 29, 4, and 6, 53% shooting. Again, sort of solid. Not quite as good as last year, but solid enough. The skater boy, Zach Levine. Twenty-two, six assists, fifty percent shooting. Those three numbers, those three lines, all look perfectly fine. Wow, Vooch twenty-three, nine and five. DeRozan twenty-nine, four and six. Levine twenty-two, one and six. All shot over fifty percent. Oh, the Bulls must be good. But that—that's the problem. 
are these are the players just trying to get their own stats? They were like minus 21 Levine, minus 18 Vooch. Nobody working together. They got their numbers, but it didn't mean anything on the court. I don't know where they go. They are more necessary for a blow-up than what the Raptors are, for sure. There's no long-term good pieces here. Vooch is 30, DeRozan's 33, Levine has this knee problem, a $250 max contract for five years. Like They're a, they're a problem. Crusoe struggled in 26 minutes. He only had two assists and one steal, and you roster him for assists and steals, and that's it. I think I still would persist if I'm looking for those categories, but you're not getting anything else. Don't expect anything else. Kobe White, I think, might have taken over from Ayo Desumu. They're pretty close in minutes. 10 points, two threes for White. Desumu had five, three, and two. Another one of those guys that I think whose early season production or, or rookie season production was probably not relevant as to the path or direction that he's going in his career. I don't think that he's a particularly strong future starter or anything like that. And that's where I'm going with that. Well, Paddy Williams, 13, 2, and 4. I think he's just going to be consistently in his career just be a 13, 5, and 2 sort of player. Like just this every game. I don't see any level where he goes higher than this. Like, I just don't see it. Maybe he is hamstrung by his teammates, but he's only like a 14-team league guy. Andre Drummond didn't play. DMPCD. They ran Tony Bradley for two minutes, but Derek Jones is the center. And there was no Javante Green here either. Jones had 13 points in 20 minutes. I don't think we need to act on that too much. For the Wolves, they were without not only Towns, but Gobert, Torian Prince, Jordan McLaughlin, and then Nazareth Reed was done. He played 10, uh, 12 minutes. Hurt his shoulder. Had 10, minute, 10 points in the first four minutes. They play again tomorrow, the Wolves. So we're going to really need to watch that box score. We're going to need to watch that injury report, sorry, more importantly. Because if Towns is out, which he is, if Gobert is out, which we don't know, and if Reed is out, which we don't know, then it's Big Nate Knight. Knight had some real good highlights back when he was a rookie in Atlanta. Been a bit lost the last two years, but 16-2-3 in 26 minutes. That is streamable for Monday. But... You need Gobert and Reed both out. What is the likelihood that both of those guys are out tomorrow? I'm going to put it pretty low, to be honest. I think Gobert might play and Reed might sit. And that would put Knight back to a 12-team league guy. Oh, sorry, like a 16-team league guy. Goose was uh, pretty good in this one. 37-7 with 11 assists and two steals. Elite efficiency got to the line brilliantly. Fantastic. D'Angelo Russell returned. This is a gigantic sell high. 28 points, seven threes, eight assists, 71% shooting. He's a top 20 player over the last week. I don't know how. He's flying. His shooting is through the roof. It will not remain through the roof. His minutes will probably not remain through the roof either. There is a gigantic sell high on D'Angelo Russell coming. Jalen Noel had nine points. That's not exciting. And it was a stinker also from um, Kyle Anderson. Only 21 minutes, had some foul trouble and two points on 17%. He remains a 12-team league guy for categories. For points, take it or leave it. Don't need to be rostered necessarily, but stream value is where it's at. Categories, yes, but a stinker. Jaden McDaniels had 15 and eight. He had five assists and three blocks, one of his better games. Again, the opponent was pretty lackluster, so more numbers were able to be put up. But this is a good game from McDaniels and his schedule obviously is the, the same as Kyle Anderson, so you keep rolling with him. In that situation, well, Austin Rivers, that's two good games in a row from Rivers. I refuse to believe it. I refuse. I just won't. I won't. I won't believe it. There's no way. 14 points with four threes for Rivers in 26 minutes. Maybe you can believe it and look at him in maybe a 16-teamer. But as soon as McLaughlin comes back or Prince comes back, I just don't see how there's any way that happens. Let's do Let's do the next game. Yeah, well, that would probably be the order we go in things, wouldn't it? The Hornets go to the Nuggets. They lose 115-119. Charlotte had everyone back. And then they lose Terry Rozier. 
I don't know if it's serious or not. Rogier never really got up there. They just said question will return, and he never did. He had a uh, he had he had the sad Richie, the bad Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Two points, two rebounds, two assists. It has been a rotten season from Rogier, and I detest him for it. I resent this man for this. Of course, I don't actually. But this is a guy that his last two really good seasons. I went, I don't buy it. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's a good shooter. Why do I believe this one outlier season of him being a good shooter is real? They did it for two years, and I went, all right, fine, fuck it. I relent. Um, you're a good shooter. And then he comes out and goes, hey, psych, that's the wrong number. I'm a 40% shooter from two, and I'm bad again. Which is it, Tez? Figure it out, mate. I still think there's going to be improvement here. I'm not dropping him, but holy shit, he's bad. With him out, that enabled Kelly Oubre to get value back. Now, I just also had a discussion. Again, valuations of players. I would send out a tweet saying, man, the Hornets look so beautiful in their uniforms, but watching them play makes me sick. I hate watching them play. And someone said, yeah, yeah, they they, they did Ubre dirty, moving him to the bench. What a trash organization. He's been their best player. Like, what what are you watching? I What? I think what he was watching is the fact that Ubre averages 21 points per game. I can't find a, a more attractive person who's a less attractive basketball player than Ubre. Now, he gets the value back. And I, I cannot, again, understand for the life of me, while Steve Clifford goes, yeah, yeah, we're a bad team. Callie, you're our savior. Have you, what? 15 and 10. No, that's not true. 16 and 1 for Kelly Oubre. One rebound. He had two assists, which is a surprise, to be sure. Isn't it, Chief? A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. He had two steals. He had two threes. He shot 39%. He didn't get to the free throw line. He continues to be putrid and putridly annoying. And despite him being so awesome this season, he is not a top 110 player. In points leagues, he is, but his efficiency is dreadful. But he gets to hang on if Rogier misses time. Jalen McDaniels had some foul trouble. He only played 20 minutes. Good line. 14-5-2 and two a steal, a block. I don't think he remains a 12-team league guy. While Lamello had 31-5-5 five five with four threes. Good game from Malo. And the Cockroach, just the 19 minutes. But he had early foul trouble against Jokic. Revenge game for him. 11-9 with two blocks for Mason. While Big Dick Nick played 24-11-6 with three blocks. Good game from Richards. Do we rely upon him to play 24 minutes in this completely lost season? No, of course not. He'll play 18 behind the Cockroach. He is moving into a little bit of the luxury stash stage here, Rich, Richards, because at some point it's inevitable that Plumlee is not the answer. It, it has to be, surely. Surely, I'm, I can't be that blind. Clifford has to see it at some stage. But I don't know when that'll be. Haywood had 15 and 10, four assists, 35 minutes. Still can't get his free throws right, but he is a 12-team league guy pretty clearly. While Paul Washington Jr. had 10 and 6 in a steal and a block, he continues to be annoying. Like just hovering around going, yeah, maybe. Maybe you're good enough. If you're in a 10-team league, jack him off. See you later. Bye-bye, Paul. If you're in a 12-teamer, it's pretty close. I think in a points league, he's a hold. He's better than category league. But in a 12-team category, uh, yeah, 12-team category, I don't know if you have to hold him. For the Nuggets, sing along. Big, big chungus, big chungus, big chungus, big, big... Uh, yeah, 40 minutes for Jokic. Malone just went, yeah, yeah I've got to plan him in, boys. We get killed in all the minutes that Jokic isn't on the court. What should we do? And someone, like that meme, like the, at the end of the office building, puts his hand up before he gets pushed out the window. How about we just play Jokic every minute? He only played 40 of them here, so it's not every minute. But he was a plus 20 in those minutes in a game they won by four. So in the other eight minutes, you can figure it out. They were a minus 16 in the other eight minutes. Cool. That's hard to do. 40 
27 rebounds and 10 assists with two steals on 50% shooting. It would have been better if he didn't shoot 71 from the line. This is going to put him almost back at number one in fantasy. That's how good he is. Aaron Gordon continues his strong year. I've never seen this from Aaron Gordon. He's awesome. Or he's been awesome. 19-10 with three steals and a block. KCP went to the locker room, but came back and had his best game in weeks. 20 points, five assists, four threes. I don't buy him as a 12-team league guy. While the headmaster struggled, good buy low opportunity here for Jamal Murray. Six points on 18%, but did have 11 assists. The five-minute man, Bones Highland, that's two really subpar games in a row. I still think that there is a little bit of schedule value for him coming up, and that's worth holding. And Porter being out is worth holding. But when MAGA comes back, I'm not sure that Bones is going to stick as a 12-teamer. 7-1-1, one, and one, while the, the big shark... Himself, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, do, 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 do. 16 points, two threes, four assists, two blocks. Remains an excellent 12-team league player. Jeff Green had 20 minutes for eight points as well. And uh, Christian Brown played 21, got the minutes there ahead of uh, Davon Reed, who hopefully Michael Malone has broken his obsession with. All right, let's do this last game. The Lakers win it in another like, stupid finish to a game. 119-117. The Wizards steal the ball, and the Lakers get it back off the steal for a wide-open Tom Bryant just standing underneath the rim. He gets it, dunks it, game over. Kuzma played 40 minutes in this game for the Wizards, who have lost 10 consecutive games because they are a terrible organization. 22 and 16. Oh, voice can't hit it, mate. Um, 22 and 16 for Kuzma was three threes, 50% shooting. Really good game. He's continued to be solid. His fantasy game still isn't absolutely elite. But the numbers are good, especially for a points league, top 50 player. 38 minutes for Pulzingas. Pulzingas. 21 and 11, five assists, two threes, two steals, a block. Only shot 39% and 71 from the line. That's a bit of a downer, but his strong form continued. They also decided for some reason to close the game with Gafford next to Pulzingas. Dan played 21 minutes, 12 and five with two blocks. He was a perfect six of six from the field, but it doesn't make sense to play those two together, I don't think, consistently. So this is good from Gafford. I don't think we need to react to it too much. Beal returned, 32 minutes, 29, 2, and 3, but empty otherwise. No threes, no steals, no blocks. But 53 from the field and 85 from the line is elite. And of course, of course he did. Will Barton. No, f- you, Will. No, he's just that. F- you, Will. Give it off quick. Under 20 minutes and five points for Barton. You can jack him off. There's no point to having him. And I think, I think we can do the same for Monte Morris as well. He played 29 minutes. He got in for the last minute of the game. He wasn't closing. Goodwin was. 7-2-4. and four. This has been a consistent pattern. Beal comes back, Morris goes missing. Beal comes back, Avdia goes missing. I feel really comfortable about dropping um, Denny Avdia outside of streaming. Get that garbage out of here! And I think the same goes for Morris, whose value goes up when Beal's out, and it goes down when Beal is in. As for Jordan Goodwin, he looks... He's really important out there, but 19 minutes isn't enough. 7-7-5 seven, seven and five is good. It's solid. It's okay. He usually gets steals on top of that. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy than a must-roster 12-team league guy. Corey Kispert, also a dreadful draft pick and struggling again, six points in 17 minutes. For the Lakers, there was no Anthony Davis, so let's go straight to the center position. 33 minutes for Tom Bryant, 16 and 10 with two threes. There was a point there with him and Damian Jones. They were playing close to similar minutes, and then Bryant just closed the game out. 16 and 10 is obviously not Anthony Davis. He's never going to be, but he's a clear must-roster player. The other thing we thought might happen is a little bit more for Dennis Schroeder. Well, 30 minutes, 12.7 assists. Still shot horribly. He is in the borderline for 12-team leagues. We thought there'd be a little bit more for Lonnie Walker. And there was. 34 minutes for Lonnie, 21 points. Hello. 
but he just does nothing else. Three rebounds, one assist. It came on 58% shooting. It is not going to be that good. I don't think he's must roster. He's in the maybes along with Schroeder and even Austin Reeves, who, much like Kyle Anderson, is just going to do little bits. 12 and 4, two assists, one steal, one block, two triples, multiple locker room trips, returned both times. These guys are all borderline 12 teamers. We also have to remember that it was a stinker from Russell Westbrook. So that boosted the minutes and production for Reeves, Schroeder, and Walker. Russ um, only played, what did he play? Uh, 23 minutes in this one. Price of a brick going up. He had 9, 9, and 8, but shot 33 from the field and 25 from the line. And that hurts. He's still a hold, clearly, but that is bad. And we don't expect him to play fewer minutes than Max Christie. But that's what happened. As for Damian Jones, 8-2 and two with a steal and a block. Yeah, there's some deeper league value here with Anthony Davis out. Let's look at the lines of the night. Did I even say what LeBron did? I should have. He was great. 33-7-9. Well done, LeBron. Good game. The lines of the night, the monstrous, goes to Anthony Edwards, not Jokic. In category leagues, Edwards gets the nod because Jokic was poor from the line, and that dragged his numbers down. So it is Edwards. I know you guys will argue with that, but that's fine. Waiver wire is Aaron Neesmith, and the young gun is Paolo Banquero. The dud of the night is Anthony, uh, not Anthony, it's Miles Turner. Your top 10 players in category leagues, one was Edwards, followed by Durant, Jokic, Poole, Vucevic, D'Angelo Russell, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, LaMelo Ball, and Jaden McDaniels. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues, Neesmith at one. Don't think he's a rosterable guy with only two games. Austin Reeves, yeah, he's on the borderline there, for sure. Dan Gafford, yeah, I don't really think so, but at least streamable. Big Dick Nick Richards, luxury stash. Jermichael Green, do not care. Nathan Knight, let's watch the Gobert and um, Naz Reed injury reports. But if you want to take a flyer on a fourth-string center upside, you might get one game, then Knight's your guy. Austin Rivers, no. Schofield, no. Malachi Flynn, maybe. So many guys out need three-point shooting and dribbling and ball handling, and he can provide that. There might be a game or two out of him there. And Jalen Noel is always going to be a points streamer. And your top 10 players in points leagues today, Jokic at one, followed by Anthony Edwards, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown, Jordan Poole, Kyrie Irving at seven, Porzingis at eight, DeRozan at nine, and Kuzma at 10. And we go back to our question of the day, the player that went to the college that was Rhode Island, who was drafted by the Clippers and final team was, the Clippers was, Lamar Odom. Interestingly, he signed a contract with the Knicks in 2014 and never played a game with them. So the last team that he played for was the Clippers. The last team he was on their roster was the Knicks, but he never played for them. That's why I was really uh, cautious to specify last team played for was the Clippers. Of course, he had multiple stops in between here with the Lakers and the Heat and the Mavericks, but he was drafted by the Clippers and he last played for the Clippers. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, and on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.